Welcome to Unlocking Innovation, a podcast from EX3 Labs in 1871. We'll be talking to leaders in innovation about what keeps them ahead of the curve in today's atmosphere of rapid change and how they cultivate a culture of innovation within their organizations. I'm your host, Adam Wisniewski. Today's guest is Amy Burr. Amy is currently the Managing Director of Strategic Partnerships at JetBlue Technology Ventures. She had an impressive career in the airline industries, including action as one of the founding members of Virgin America. She is now involved in JetBlue Technology Ventures, which invests in incubates early-stage startups in the travel industry at large. Today, she's visiting us from San Francisco to talk about how she drives innovation at JetBlue Technology Ventures. Thank you so much for joining us today, Amy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, lots to talk about today. Um, want to start off by giving the listeners a little bit of a better understanding about your career journey and how you got from where you started to where you are now. Sure, yeah. Um, I actually came into the airline industry about, dating myself, about 18 years ago, um, and actually had no intention of being part of an airline that was not at any point something I was thinking about, but I was recruited to Continental Airlines out of um, my MBA program that I was finishing at the time. And, you know, it just seemed like such a cool industry to get involved in. And so instead of going into consulting like everybody else, I went into the uh, airline industry and really loved it. Mm -hmm. Um, Spent four years at Continental um, doing a bunch of different things and really had a great time. But then that was right at the point where, you know, JetBlue had launched, you know, while I was at Continental, it was really interesting what they were doing. And then Virgin America made the announcement that they were planning um, to build an airline. And I just thought, how cool would it be to be part of such a you know a great organization from the very beginning? And so I joined them as employee number 20 um, oh, wow. before we were even an airline in yeah. New York, was where we started our head, from our headquarters in New York. Um, my first job was to the program director in charge of the launch project, oh, wow. which was okay. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but then I spent 14 years there, you know, just great 14 years um, working throughout the organization, mainly on the commercial side, did a lot of things like e-commerce and distribution and ancillary revenue. And um, I did some strategy work for a while, um, did a lot of big system project management, process improvement, that kind of stuff. So I spent a lot of time really getting to know the industry and getting to know um, especially the commercial and guest experience side of the industry. So that was really great. Um, and I was there until the end with the uh, integration with Alaska. You know, as, as, as you know, Alaska Airlines purchased Virgin America back in 2016. Um, and my last role there was to lead the integration on behalf of Virgin America. So I did that until February and left and joined uh, JetBlue Tech Ventures in May. So so it's been a great a great ride. Yeah. As, as big as Virgin America was and is, um, I can't imagine how it was at the very beginning being kind of employee number 20. Yeah. Were there any specific lessons that you learned uh, during that time? You know, it's it's crazy to be part of a startup like that. And, and I think that's one of the things that is really great about my role now is I work every day with startups and I get it. I've been there. I have been part of a company that doesn't have space and doesn't have basic things that you need on a day-to-day basis. I've lived in the loft with the the wires, you know, running across the floor and all that crazy stuff. So I get what it's like to be part of a really early stage startup, um, which has been a great, um, you know, thing that I've been able to bring to tech ventures and, and really, you know, 
can teach them how to grow a new product in this industry. Um, so I have you know such such a depth of um, background in the industry that that really helps as well. But yeah, um, you know, being part of a startup is scary and fun and all those crazy things. And um, you know, it's not for the the weak of heart, but <laughs> it is definitely uh, you know an amazing experience if you can if you can get you know be part of that. Absolutely. So you mentioned about your kind of illustrious career here in the travel industry. So I'm interested. You've you've obviously been involved in in, in various kind of technology shifts. Mm-hmm. How have you seen technology impact the way travel um, ha- has occurred over the last you know 10, 15, 20 years? Yeah, it has been amazing the things that have changed in the industry. Honestly, you know, since I started in the industry back in 2000, um, obviously, you know. Back in the early 2000s, you know, web, you know, even websites for airlines was just a big, you know, was just beginning. And most of the airlines at that point had, you know, maybe 10 or 20% of their sales coming through a website, which is unheard of, right? Right. Um, Completely different than our world today. And so that whole, um, you know, transformation of web booking and how people interact with websites and check-in and all of those types of things was obviously a huge thing over the last 20 years. Um, But then, you know, from there, you know, it's mobile websites. And I mean, I never ever use anything but my mobile apps for my various travel um, companies. So that has totally transformed that part of the industry. I think probably one of the biggest things that has really changed um, travel for people is Wi Fi on planes. You know, I mean, we were, you know, as Virgin America launched, we did launch with Wi-Fi on all our planes. That was one of, you know, was kind of the really early stage of that. Um, You know, flying on JetBlue now, you know, it's just amazing how great the Wi-Fi is. And you can just do anything you need to, you know, work the whole time you're flying. It's great. Um, But there's a lot of things that have happened over the, you know, in the industry over the last, you know, 10 years better kiosks, self-bag tagging, things in security like Clear. I mean, I am a Clear member, and I actually think it's really awesome. Like biometrics, you know, that's the next stage of how you check in and how you board and, you know, obviously how you go through security with things like Clear. Um, It's just, you know, it's amazing to see, you know, some of the new things that are happening. There's a lot happening on the operational side as well that people don't see every day, but this is on the guest side, you know, the, the customer side, you know, you see this every day and people interact with the technology that has been developed over the last 10 years every single day. One thing you said about the websites made me think back to 2000, and yeah. I actually remembered. I still remember um, booking travel through a travel agent. Yes, it exactly. Just, it was, <laughs> it's, it's crazy to think that we had to go down that path yeah. just to uh, just to book travel and how difficult it was. I mean, that, that process was so. I know. Um, it just feels so ancient now. It does feel very ancient now. I mean, it is just. I mean, there's just no other way, obviously, that it would be done at this point. It's it's great. Absolutely. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about JetBlue Technology Ventures and, and why this particular part of the organization was kind of spun up? What's your major goal um, and how that you how does it foster a culture of innovation? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, JetBlue is, you know, the one thing about JetBlue is they've always, innovation's kind of in their DNA. They've always been a really innovative airline from the point where they um, launched back in 2000. They, you know, they were constantly pushing the envelope in travel here in the United States. Um, and so over the years, you know, they've, they've been very innovative um, in, in the things that they've chosen to do and the technology advancements, all of those types of things. And a few years ago, they started to think about um, how do we still be that company and not be, you know, the company that is complacent and, and is then disrupted. 
Um, and so, you know, the company started talking, the executives of the company started talking about doing, you know, not only innovation inside the company, which is, has always been, again, part of their DNA, but how do you innovate from the outside in? Um, and finally came to the answer that the, the best way to do that is to create a corporate venture capital firm. So here we are. Uh, JetBlue Tech Ventures was launched um, back in early 2016. Um and you know, you mentioned at the beginning, our mandate is to um, invest in early stage startups and travel. And we we do focus on the whole travel ecosystem, not just airlines. So you know, it could be a hospitality type of company, it could be logistics. Um, <clears throat> we definitely have some interesting things that we're thinking about in long term, like regional travel and electrification and mobility and, and a lot of those types of things. We don't focus on um, technology per se. We focus on use cases. So we have five investments themes. It's around customer experience. It's around uh, customer service, which is more enabling our crew members to actually give better customer service. Mm. Um, then uh, there's a whole area around distribution, loyalty, and revenue, which of course is you know kind of a backbone of an airline, especially as well as a hotel company, obviously. Um, and we have an area around that. <clears throat> we do look at logistics and operations. And then finally, we look at um, evolving regional travel. And so that's what we focus on. Um, we've invested in 21 companies so far and with you know some other follow-on investments as well with the same companies. Um, we have seen 4,000 startups come in our door. Um, so we see a lot of really cool things that um, are just amazing to see you know, what this next generation of startups are thinking about and coming up with. Um, one of the things that we, one of the things that, of value that we bring to them though is you know, we know the industry and we have, not only do they have a potential client in JetBlue and JetBlue travel products, which is another um, subsidiary of JetBlue, um, but we also bring expertise to help them figure out how to interact with the travel industry, which is not, you know, it's, it's a difficult industry. You know, it's got some quirky things about it. So that's part of the expertise we bring to them. One of the things you mentioned, Amy, was really around um, kind of sourcing new ideas, specifically yeah. with working with startups. How is that process? Is that a scenario where they come to you or do you go out to them? How does that or is it a combination of both? We kind of do a little bit of both, actually. And uh, part of my role at uh, JTV is... Um, so I'm in charge of partnerships and operations, and what that means is um, I work very closely with JetBlue, JetBlue Travel Products, and a partnership group to actually um, do a couple things. Bring startups to them that they might be interested in doing a proof of concept or an implementation with, um, or we also do, especially uh, you know with JetBlue, we do what we call innovation sprints. And so we take an area within the company who is interested in learning more about what's out there, and we actually do a deep dive into what their strategy is, what their pain points are. Um, we source hundreds of startups in that space. Um, you know, interview them, narrow them down. You know, show them kind of what's out there. Do a demo day at the end with like ten startups, and a lot of those groups will do proof of concepts with some of this new technology. But the biggest thing that we get out of that for, or that we give to the groups you know, through that process is learning. You know, it's not even, if they don't do any proof of concepts or they find no startup that they love, that's okay. What we really want to do is teach them what is happening in their field and within their space. So it could be, we're, we're just finishing up um, an, an innovation sprint with st strategic sourcing, which is an area of the company I certainly don't know well, but is very necessary for every company. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, we're just teaching them this is what's coming in your industry, in your part of the industry. You know, these are the, the things that are emerging, the startups that are there, you know, the new technologies that are being taken advantage of. Like, this is what you should think about for your future. So that's what, one of the things we do with JetBlue. I think what's so important about what you said is 
we have a lot of guests on the on the show and even listeners that are looking for how do I spark innovation within mm-hmm. my organization? And this is something that they're that's their number one responsibility. So yeah. they've gone from whatever their their previous responsibility was to the director of innovation or somebody who's in charge of that. And with the position that you're in, you run that piece around the strategic partnership specifically. And that is so key for a lot of corporations, especially as they're thinking about how do we actually have an outside-in approach? And mm-hmm. that's a struggle for a lot of companies. They're still you'd be surprised at how many how many large organizations still don't know how to have a relationship with startups. Yeah, they're still trying really to navigate hard. that yeah. that space. Um, and and I, the other thing that I love that you mentioned, and we had talked a little bit before the interview about design thinking, some mm-hmm. of the stuff related to design thinking. You mentioned how, in some cases, various business units can come to you and ask specifically, well, they have a business use case. You help them run kind of an innovation sprint around that. Um, specifically, I guess talk to me about the the piece related to the business unit themselves. How do they approach you? Is there you know, something they can sign up for? Do they just randomly email you with, and say, hey, Amy, we need you? Uh, how does that process go? You know, we have a really close relationship with um, the folks at JetBlue Airways. Um, obviously, we're a wholly owned subsidiary. We are run separately and we kind of do our own thing, but we have a very, very tight relationship with them. Um, and honestly, you know, it's a lot of just relationship building with um, the leaders of various departments and they can reach out to me at any time. In fact, we're having a meeting tomorrow. One of the things I'm going to say is I've got a couple more spots for 20 2019, does anybody need um, or want to kind of go through this innovation sprint? Um, We're kicking off with tech ops, which is another area that you wouldn't necessarily immediately think, oh, innovation, but there's so much going on, you know, things like predictive maintenance and, you know, use of AI and sensors and all these things that they can can bring to their area that will really be different and innovative. Um, And so we're kicking off with them in January. Um, So yeah, they they reach out to me. I reach out to them. Um, I've I've got another area of the company that has already been kind of requested for 2019 and we run, we we can probably run for a year, you know, they're 12 weeks long, so it's quite a bit of work, but yeah. Um, And we source, like I said, hundreds of startups and then we narrow it down and then we source more and then we narrow it down. It's really a cool process. But, you know, back to your kind of comments about companies and trying to figure out how to be innovative. I I find that's very true. Everybody wants to be innovative. They talk about it, right? We're so innovative. We have a director of innovation. We have an innovation department. Um, It is really, really hard for those companies sometimes to actually act those things out. Mm -hmm to actually do things that are different. You know, it's easier for companies to innovate from the inside um, where they actually, you know, try to, you know, they, they kind of push the envelope within their space on technology, but it's really hard for them to engage with outside, you know, with startups and, and other companies that are outside the company. And so that's one of the reasons why JetBlue chose to, um, you know, put in place JetBlue Technology Ventures, recognizing that there needs to be dedication to bringing interesting emerging technologies into the company from the outside. You know, that's that's the reason why, that's the way they thought they would be successful in tackling that. Um, you know, I, I mentioned our partnership program, and one of the things I find as we're talking to people to be partners with us, um, and, and the partners are anybody within the travel ecosystem, so it could be an airline, it could be a hotel, it could be a ground transportation provider, but the, the trick is everybody does talk about wanting to be innovative, and what we're looking for is the people who actually want to act on it. Mm-hmm. They actually want to talk to startups. They want to implement new technologies. They want to do proof of concepts. I mean, that's the biggest, that's the hardest thing for big companies is proof right. of concepts, that concept of like doing a quick beta test, right? right. 
it's really hard for a lot of, you know, IT departments and sourcing departments and, you know, kind of that type of procurement, you know, to really get their mind around just doing a, a quick POC. So how do you get over that hurdle? Ah, uh, you know, I'm not sure that I have like a magic bullet, like here's the way to do it. I think, you know, the thing for organizations is they just have to start somewhere. They just have to start. They don't have to create a corporate venture capital firm and start investing in startups. They don't have to do that. They just have to find their a partner or some way to really start to get part, you know, involved in the start, you know, the startup ecosystem, whether it's in Silicon Valley or here in Chicago or in New York, there's so much going on throughout the country. You know, there's great startups everywhere. Um, companies need to, if they want to get part, if they want to be part of that, bringing outside in, um, you know, innovation outside in, they need to to find a way to be part of that ecosystem, whether it's through a partnership or whether it's through just attending events, but you have to do it. You have to just pull the trigger, start the first one and, and, and go. The other thing I would say is they need to get buy buy in internally. Um, you know, it's, it's great that one department within the organization has innovation in their title, but they need all the other departments to actually implement those things. Right. Innovation, the innovation department can't do it themselves, right? They can bring things in. They can introduce interesting technologies or emerging ideas to each of the departments, but the departments have to actually commit to doing it. I don't know. I find that it takes the leadership of a company to really drive that down. You know, it's rare that people are just going to do it by themselves or on their own. Um, you know, that's one of the things we do with our partners is we do require them, you know, to have an executive who's like the champion. Um, and one of the things we do to help really get that spirit, you know, kind of into their company is we bring Silicon Valley to them. It's Silicon Valley, you know, bring the Silicon Valley tour to headquarters of whatever the, the partner is. Our first partner is Air New Zealand. So we'll go there with a bunch of startups and just get people excited you know, it's. I think you know we we all are been part of this world enough that, um, you know, you see a bunch of startups pitch really cool ideas, and it and it really does get people excited. So that's part of what we do to help drive that. Fantastic. So for individuals that that might be saying, well, you know, I, I love that approach. Our our problem and our challenge is much more on prioritization. Oh yeah. How do you think about the prioritization piece? And is there any advice that you can give to listeners about that? Yeah, that is a really tricky thing. I mean, it's tricky for JetBlue, and we are living and breathing it, right? Um, I think that the thing that people need to remember is that sometimes it doesn't have to be such a big project that you have to fit it into your prioritization list. It can just be a quick, uh, like I said, quick proof of concept, a quick beta test um, to see if that technology might resonate. And then you figure out how to get it into your priority list, which I know is hard. Uh, You know, Certainly at Virgin America, we... Fought that battle every single year, but um, you know my advice to people is just start with start small. It, just pick a small, fast, you know, six week pilot that gets people excited and and allows you to test out a technology and whether or not it might work for you. You and, know, and it sounds like you're anchoring those with some of the pillars, the core pillars yeah. that kind of keep you at least aligned and use that as a north star to, to help. Yeah. Think about the the way you prioritize. Yeah, that's definitely the kind of the, the way to focus on it. And you know, then if you if you if you you like something and you want to implement some new technology that's out there or some new you know program or um, some new cool idea, yeah, you have to work your way into the priority list just like everybody else. But um, at least you know before you do that that you might like it. You know, so so strategic partnerships. Yes. And it, it, you certainly are using it as a means to drive innovation. What do you look for in a partner? 
Well, as I mentioned, um, you know, we all know that everybody talks about being innovative, but not many actually walk that walk. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for people who actually want to be part, uh, truly do want to be part of the startup ecosystem. One of the requirements of our partner program is actually to do proof of concepts with um, startups. So they actually have to commit to that for three times, three of them a year, you know, that they will fund and, and take the time and prioritize putting in place three POCs a year. Um, and so that's one of the things that keeps, um, you know, keeps the program anchored in action. You know, we are looking for people who want to take action. Um, but the really great thing for me about having the partnership program is getting a group of people who are thought leaders in the industry together to think about what actually is coming in the next five years or 10 years. Um, I like that part of it. I think that's great. That's what I get from it. <laughs> I hope they get that too. But um, but as far as picking partners, I mean, we are looking for people who are really pushing the envelope in the way they think and then you know are willing to take the actions. Fantastic. So how does the, the partnership form and what does it take to make sure that it's successful? It's one thing for somebody to say, yes, I'm in yeah. super excited. Obviously this is a process and not a, it's a, it's a, uh, a period of time and not a point of time. So how, what do you do to kind of cultivate that successful partnership? Well, um, we definitely do spend a lot of time or we will, we just started this partnership program. I'm talking about it. Like it's uh, really well established, but it's getting there. Um, we're going to spend a lot of time putting in place programs that are really great around the thought leadership side of things, which I said, as I said, I'm really excited about, um, so that part is is the cool stuff about you know thinking about what's coming in our industry and and we'll run several programs a year. Um, we'll do things like bring Silicon Valley to to them, um, you know, or any startups. Obviously, we're based in Silicon Valley, but any startups anywhere. Um, but one of the things we require from our partners to really uh, to make it successful is they do actually have hire and place somebody in our offices in. San Carlos, um, which is in the northern end of Silicon Valley, um, and they actually are the ones that do all of the all the work. They do the networking and they go to the events and they meet the part, you know, the startups, and they really drive that um, for the organization. And I think that's what helps make it successful. Um, because to your point, you know, somebody can say this is great and I love it, but in, you have to have somebody actually driving that action. Um, and so they do. You know, that's one of the requirements as well is that they actually put somebody in our offices and that the, that person becomes embedded in the whole ecosystem. And um, Air New Zealand is our kickoff uh, leadoff partner, and uh, the guy, you know, the guy that they hired to to be in charge of that part and sit in our offices has been great. And he has, goes to everything and he talks to all the startups. And they've got six or eight proof of concepts on in, on the table. And I mean, that's that's what will drive success. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned Air New Zealand. EX3 Labs is a lot of um, work around the Microsoft HoloLens, the uh, yeah. the uh, mixed reality headset. And yeah. uh, it was interesting because we were showcasing some different use cases, and we saw Air New Zealand doing um, a bunch of uh, proof of concepts for sentiment analysis yeah. for the flight attendant. So it was uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, they're really a, quite an innovative about. brand, and yeah. they really have that kind of mentality of, um, you know, get out there and be you know, do things differently. You know, they're not definitely not sitting and back and saying, well, this is the way we've always done it. They're great, a great company to work with. Are there any specific kind of success stories that have come out of JetBlue technology ventures that you can cite? We've had some really great successes so far and our startup, you know, our, our portfolio companies are doing really well. And there's a couple that I really, you know, 
I love them all, but you know, of course, everybody has a favorite, a favorite <laughs> child. No, <laughs> but no, and they really are. They're doing really well. So I'm, um, you know, I think we've been very successful. It's a little scary because as a venture capital firm, we're waiting for the, you know, when when do the ones when do they fail? Like what's right. the failure? But we haven't quite got there yet. <laughs> and without naming the exact companies, because I know you might yeah. not be able to share all of that, but what. What, uh, I guess, pillar do they represent? Is it customer experience? Do they represent something else related to mobility? Is well, it- no, we have some. We have a really great companies across the board. Um, I, I mean, I'll mention a couple um, that are easy to mention. You know, Gladly is actually a customer service tool. Um, it helps our JetBlue uh, co- um, customer service center, um, and it's it's just a it's an omni-channel communication tool that like you just changes the way they talk. You know, our crew members are able to talk to customers. So they're you know they we've implemented them. You know, it's kind of going through that process. They're great. Um, there's a really cool operational tool called Climacell, uh, which is doing. Um, it, it, you know, I'm gonna. I'm not nearly as smart as these guys, so I'm gonna butcher it a little bit. But what they do is really um, micro. You know, they do micro weather. So they use um, cellular signals and other types of connected. Um, signals to tell you exactly what is happening in that exact area. So instead of saying it's snowing in Chicago, they can say, okay, at O'Hare, it's going to snow at 7 a.m., you know? So it's really cool. It's cool the stuff that they can do. They're brilliant guys. Um, oh, let me think. There's, there's so many really great companies. You know, Volantio is doing some really cool stuff in, you know, kind of revenue optimization and um, disrupt management. Uh, there's just some really cool, really great companies that we work with. That micro weather uh, concept sounds pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I'm fascinated by the micro weather concept. These guys have definitely very, very smart. They're pilots um, and learned over the years that our existing weather systems are just not good enough for, you know, from an operational perspective. And so, you know, we're using them to supplement, like, you know, on the ramp at, at airports to say, you know, what is actually happening right now? Um, you know, is it going to snow at six or is it going to snow at seven? You know, is. The light, where's the lightning strikes really happening, or do we need to clear the ramp now? You know, things like that. It's really neat stuff. Very cool. Yeah. So earlier you mentioned AI and some sensors. Yeah. Is there a specific emerging technology that you're really excited about that you feel like is going to be a, a pretty big game changer for the travel industry? You know, um, we focus on um, and think that, you know, what is kind of the next wave of the future are things like AI, for sure, and machine learning. Lots of really cool stuff happening there. Um we are definitely looking at mobility and electrification and how those things will change the industry. Some of that's, that's, that's some of the cool stuff that's further out, but like, you know, really cool stuff that will be happening in our industry. Um, you know, blockchain is kind of a big, a big item that's out there and we're all waiting to see kind of what the best use cases are. It'll probably, you know, it looks like loyalty and distribution and maybe logistics are really some real use cases for the industry and blockchain. Um, we're actually going to host a blockchain summit in New York in the spring and March um, because we want to bring people together who actually are looking at this in, 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 in the travel space and talk about what it really is going to be, you know, cause it hasn't, you know, it's, it, everybody's been talking about it, but it's like, what's the first big, really awesome use case for blockchain where it, you know, gets widespread, um, it feels usage. Like it, yeah. It, it, I always feel like there's going to be a, a Trojan horse for, for blockchain. Yeah. Travel seems like it's the most logical thing relate yeah. relating to people because yeah. everybody needs to travel and those that do know the pain around that, especially mm-hmm. just with, even if you have like TSA pre-check, for example, like managing that process and having kind of that um, 
uh, distributed ledger, um, decentralized database yeah. of all of the travel travelers that need to go to and from. So yeah, I think there's a lot of really interesting things that are going to come there. Um, you know, in loyalty, you know, loyalty um, systems and structures uh, is a really good use case as well that has started to gain some traction. Um, and you know, th- there's a lot of talk about how it will just dis- um, it'll change uh, distribution, but we'll see how that goes. Um, but you know, you mentioned TSA, and that made me think of um, biometrics, and that's a big one that's coming in our industry um, for sure. Um, in fact, a lot of um, a lot of organizations throughout the world are really starting to to you know test out kind of what biometrics can be for us, you know, AR, VR, that's, you know, some cool stuff that will change how training happens and, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah. So we look at all of those. Um, and like I said, we don't focus on technology per se. We focus on use cases, but all of them have really amazing use cases that are starting to come up. Fantastic. So can you make any any bold predictions related to the future of, uh, of travel? Well, like I said, um, I think uh, the mobility and electrification and mobility and things like that are going to be really game-changing for, like, for the, very obvious in the world. I... I think five years we're flying and we're flying in taxis. I think it's happening. It's going to happen. I mean, maybe five years is a little aggressive, but maybe five to ten years, um, people will take an air taxi to an airport. Like it will be, it will come for sure. It was, I was watching YouTube and I, I forgot what the um, I forgot what the channel was, but there was a like a, a piece on the the air taxis they have, and I believe it was like the seventies and the seventies and early eighties, and they were somewhat successful. And then there was something that happened that that threw everything off, and everybody just stopped. It was through the, the helicopters. But, yeah, uh, it's going to be fascinating to see where that goes. Because yeah. I mean, you apply something like an Uber business model directly to that, and all of a sudden you have um, an easier way to travel. I've been paying attention to Jet Smarter. Yeah, it's kind of uh, some interesting that, stuff uh, there. Yeah, air sharing scenario. So, um, so curious is to if we would give listeners one last tip related to how to drive innovation mm. um, within their organizations. What do you think is kind of that that one piece of advice that you would give? Well, um, I think as I said earlier, um, you know, one of the biggest things that people really have to focus on, is, it's, it's one thing to create an innovation department and say you're going to be innovative, but you really do have to take the action. Um, so, you know, my advice to people is just you know, get your hands dirty and start doing, you know, pilots and beta tests and bring in startups that may be really crazy ideas, but, you know, get them in there, fail fast, you know, try things. Um, that's how you actually hit on th- something that might be really innovative is you just, it's got, you've got to take the action. So my advice would be just get your hands dirty and start, start just somewhere, just bring them in. I mean, maybe. You know, you can bring in a company that you think this is never going to work. I don't even know how we're going to possibly do this, and you'd be surprised. You know, so just start start trying stuff. Fantastic. So, last question, most important question of the day: What's the one app on your phone that you can't live without? Oh my gosh, it's so hard. <laughs> I am really stingy too. I download only the apps I really, really want. Um, I'm going to give you two answers. Sure. <clears throat> Not too specific. Well, one is every single travel app I have. You, I can't live without. Like I have all of the airline apps. I've got Lyft and Uber. I've got the you know my hotel app. I need those. Um, personally, I am obsessed with my Fitbit app, <laughs> which is really sad, um, and my Nest app. I'm really okay. obsessed with that too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's Very it. Cool. 
Fantastic. Well, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on uh, on the show. We know you came from uh, from San Francisco to be here, so we thank you for that. And uh, yeah, well, uh, thanks for having me. It's been great. Yeah, absolutely. If there's um if there's a place where listeners can follow you either online or um, uh, Twitter handle or LinkedIn, is there? Yeah, um, I am Amy Daniels Burr in most places. LinkedIn, Twitter, I think that's my handle. I think so. Um, we have a great website at JTV that um, you know has some more information and you can look find me there. Um, yeah, good stuff. And if anybody wants to get involved with um, JetBlue um, Technology Ventures. You would suggest they go to the website? Yeah, definitely go to the website and reach out. Um, you know, we've got some cool things going on. Always happy to find startups in the, tra- you know, specifically in the travel space, but definitely startups can um, apply through the website. And uh, we always have interesting things happening. So keep an eye on our website. And we have a, a, great, um, a great blog and a great newsletter, which I would highly recommend you sign up for. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Amy. Great. Much appreciated. Thank you. Remember to subscribe to Unlocking Innovation wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to rate and review. To stay up to date with EX3 Labs news and events, follow us on social media. We're at EX3 Labs. See you next time. Mm-hmm.